Thank you for tuning in to The First Time I Heard. I'm your host, Toya Hain. And on this episode, I am joined by my very good friend, American Idol finalist, author, singer, Melinda Doolittle. She is joining me to talk about her favorite singer of all time, the Empress of Soul, Gladys Knight. first time I heard Gladys Knight, it was in my living room in my childhood home where I could often be found playing my parents' 45s, LPs, and 8-tracks. We even had an 8-track player back in the day. And what I think, one thing I liked about going through the 45s was that I started to become familiar with different record labels like Atlantic and Motown and Tamla and, and Stax and being able to identify different sounds and groups from around the 60s. Such a nerd. But anyway, (laughs) I had a basic idea who Gladys Knight and the Pips were because both of my parents were fans. And so I always saw so many records from uh, the Claudine soundtrack to other records that they had from the 60s well into the 80s. They consistently bought Gladys Knight and the Pips records. But I remember this particular day I was thumbing through the 45s and I put on Gladys Knight and the Pips, If I Were Your Woman. And that was when things changed. I had never heard a vocal that strong and compelling in my life. Like, I just, I never, except for maybe outside of, of The Temptations, I'm Losing You. I mean, it, it's on par. It's just on par with it, but... What I love about Gladys Knight and the Pips was that the Pips, you can't sleep on them because they weren't just the background singers. Their parts were just as important as Gladys Knight's. They were the perfect complement to each other. And I remember singing this song at the top of my lungs often when no one was in the house. <laughs> that was my song that I would sing with, with no prior experience uh, to back it up emotionally. but. That was my song that made me feel like if I was to sing, this song would be the one that I would sing. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the gift that is Gladys Knight's talent, is that she makes you feel compelled to sing along with her and try to match the passion um, in which she is singing. She starts going through her ass. When she begs 
thing with the pick. I mean, are you gonna find more fun background vocals to emulate in the fifth along with the dance step? No, you're not, you're not. The word legend is not thrown around loosely when it comes to describing Gladys Knight. And that's why I am very, very, very happy to dedicate this episode to the artistry, the talent, the supreme class act <laughs> that is Gladys Knight. but I'm excited for different reasons for different episodes to bring my very special guest because she is a very special friend of mine because we are twins. If you can have an extroverted version of a person, but the introverted person can sing, <laughs> that would be my very good friend, Melinda Doolittle. How are you doing, Melinda? Toya, I am wonderful and I'm so happy to be with you. You just know, like, we're twins. We oh, yeah. think the same. The only thing different is that you like people. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love people because Jesus said love them all, but he yeah. didn't say nothing about liking them. He didn't That's say that. That's a different thing. That's a different so. thing. Every Look, everybody ain't called. Everybody, everybody's not called. No. Everybody's not called. There are some people I'm sure Jesus didn't like. You know, everybody, everybody's not called. Exactly. So <laughs> I I live vicariously through you <laughs> and how you are with people. And then I sit in the dark by the light of my Christmas tree <gasps> in my onesie. My girl, my girl. I love that today we are recording on International Women's Day. Listen, this day... I don't know why it's so special for me this year. Mm -hmm. There's something, I don't know if it's that women are figuring out what we have to offer yeah. or we're a lot more unapologetic these days um, mm. just because of everything that we've been through as a world. Yeah. Really. Women are like, move over. Like, let me, <laughs> let me at this, you know, like even yeah. just the pandemic, that prime minister in New Zealand, that woman. Hey. handled it hey handled like we just are we're getting it together we know yeah. what we're doing and so i i'm just excited about today and i'm excited that you want to talk about my very favorite so gladys night this is the perfect day the perfect month there's never not a perfect time to talk about gladys night it doesn't have to be international women's day it doesn't have to be women's history month but if you're going to talk about somebody this month, listen and right after Black History Month, listen, right. the Empress of Soul, I, I don't have enough words to say how much I love her and how much I've loved her 
the entire time I've been a singer. Like yeah. she just is, she's everything to yeah. me. Anytime somebody's like, who's your favorite? I try to be generous and, you know, name Stevie Wonder and some Johnny Lang in there. Cause I do love them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Gladys Knight is just where it's at for me. Is law. Gladys is law. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but I call my voice Tyrone because <laughs> he is low. He does not care for singing low. High. Tyrone is low. Tyrone is low. And you just don't hear many altos out there getting it. So for me, she was the only example. Like yeah. she was my true example growing up. Mm-hmm. You have the Whitney's, but I couldn't sing along to Whitney because she was going too high for me. Her ability to go into her head voice and just drop back down in a split second is unmatched. I mean, it's it's amazing and yeah. I love it. And it's powerful, but like, I'm, you know, I'm listening and trying to sing along and I'm just having to drop an octave. Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, (laughs) but Mama Gladys. Yeah. I sang along with every single song. I felt it. She's just everything to me. So I don't, I don't even know where you want to start. Just you tell me where to start and I probably won't shut up. We are going to start where I start with every guest. Yes. The very first question I ask everyone is, do you remember the first time you heard Gladys Knight? I do. I don't remember the exact age I was. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like I was like eight or nine. Um, I grew up in a single parent household, so it was just me and my mom. And I was not allowed to listen to any mainstream music. Mm. So all I heard was Christian music. Okay. Nonstop. And that was cool. But when I would visit my dad, he introduced me to Motown. Mm. And so when I was about eight, he thought, like, this is a good time to let you know what Motown is like. And so he started playing all of those Motown songs. (laughs) Yeah. And we got to Midnight Train to Georgia. And I, I just haven't, I haven't been the same since. It wasn't so just Gladys, it was it was the pips. I learned the background before I learned the lead. <laughs> yes. And then by the time it got to the end, it's she was like, I got to go. I was like, yeah. I've never heard a song take that kind of journey right? and uh, be popular. Like for somebody to put that much feeling into a vocal and it still to go to the top of the charts. I'm not saying that singers did not put feelings into vocals. I'm just saying this lady by the end was laying her guts out in right. front of you and it skyrocketed. Yeah. And I, there was just something that connected with me that day. And I, I've never loved anything more. I just <laughs> haven't. 
I honestly haven't. So that that would be the first time I heard Gladys. Yeah, that is one of the most phenomenal vocals. Like if you ever get to hear it, like the isolated track or I'm a big nerd about stuff like that. Like if I can ever get my hands on like an isolated track of something, it's phenomenal. And my favorite thing about Gladys Knight's voice and her talent and ability is her delivery of songs her interpretation of songs because back then that was their first number one so like back then it was not uncommon for artists in Motown days to remake other people's songs now that was their original but she also did I've got to use my imagination she also did um hurry through the grapevine she did Bill Weathers um who is she and what is she to you but she flipped it in a way that like Oh, first of all, can we just talk about that? Who is she and what is she to you? The way she flipped that bit song. A girl with past just tried to stare me down. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you, you looked at ground. Now, I don't know who she is, but think that you. In the way she can make a song her own. Yes. I've never, I've never heard anybody do it better. Just yeah. because like all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is your song now. Yeah. The way she it's communicates yours. it, it's like you're not even hearing a cover anymore. Mm-mm. That is her song. And I can only think of one other person to me that's able to do that. And that's Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross oh, is your okay. song. I'll give it to, Yes. Luther Vandross mm-hmm. kiss your song and then you no it's you you gave it away it's fine yeah and don't even be mad about it no because hopefully you wrote it and he's making you some money too it's <laughs> just hope because otherwise that's all you got honestly it's your version it's yeah to me Luther was the only other person to be able to do that with like Stevie's um creeping you know and superstar oh. um stuff like that but like Gladys back to what she did with that song. I loved how she was able to take the covers that she did and give it a woman's perspective that you felt in the way that she communicated these songs. Okay, so I have to say this. I was gonna, I was trying, I was gonna save this, but okay. I can't save it because <laughs> I love her so much. And um, the first time that I met her, okay, which I can't even say that I'm saying that I know her. Um, <laughs> But the first time I met her, one of my questions, I'll go deeper into meeting her, but one of my questions to her was, how do you interpret songs? Like what Mm. is happening in your head when you're delivering a song to an audience? Like I want to understand it. And this was at the finale of my season of being on American Idol. Mm -hmm. And so she had kind of seen me perform for weeks and she said, sweetheart, I'm just like you. I tell a story. She was Mm. like, when I watch you sing, I feel like you have opened up a book and you are showing me those pages and you are telling me those stories. She said, the difference between the two of us and what you will grow into is I'm not opening up a book. I'm showing them the movie. She was like, it's action when I do it. And I was like, oh, 
wait. <laughs> she was like, it is moving action when <gasps> I do it. So every time it's what the story is in that moment for me that gets to them. And she's like, that's what moves it. And it yeah. becomes a movie instead of a book. And I, I was shook, shook. I mean, real G's do real things. I mean, listen, you I cried <laughs> in her face, <laughs> cried in her face multiple times. I've cried in her because she's she's Gladys Knight. That but is I mean, so powerful. It changed everything Ooh. about how I approached music. I can imagine it would like that is some invaluable advice. It, I mean, honestly, the right best there. advice yeah. I've ever been given as an artist, Yeah, like I take it with me every single time I open my mouth now. Anytime I'm choosing a song, mm-hmm. I'm like, do these words just sit on a page for me or do they move? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they do? do? You live, are you living in it? At yeah. This? Yeah. Can I live this for an audience or am I just telling them a story? Yeah. So it's changed my entire approach. And that's who she is to me. So that's why I'm like, she's she is my world. She's my absolute world. In preparing for this show, I've gone over songs that I've always loved and then gone over some songs that I've, you know, I've always liked, but maybe, you know, just to revisit. And there is a song, you're number one in my book. The way she just comes into the song. Like, just a simple request, do me a favor. Just do me. Do me a favor. But just kindly, like, just do me a favor. Won't you share what's on your mind? I may not have the answer, but I can make it easy. And you're just like, what is she about? Not even what she's about to say. What is she about to take me through? Right. In this song. I can't name a song of hers where I didn't go on a journey. Yeah. Like where, um, this is like the most odd thing to say, but where there wasn't like a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. Like there's literally, I mean, obviously in everything, there's a beginning, middle, and an end. However, it's the journey that you take to get to those places Mm -hmm. that just makes the difference. By the end, you've gone somewhere. Like it is taking you somewhere. She has a song called Bougie Bougie. Yes!
this with so much sass but yeah. class. Like, how is there just this? She, because she's cool about it. Yeah. Like she's cool about it, but she will. She'll make fun of you. She'll rip mm-hmm. you. In, she'll do all of those things and not break a sweat on you. Yeah. I want to talk about the movie that is, is we're talking about, you know, the way she betrays these songs. Neither yes. one of us. about breakups that I've, I've never even been through. I've never even been through anything that serious. But what gets me is the part when she says, woo, that's how you Listen, know. Because <laughs> you know she's been through. Yes. And that's another thing, you know, she she was married four times. Mm-hmm. She lost people that were very dear to her in her life. Like she has been through it. And that comes through in every song. But that, that neither one of us, I tried to add it to my show once because Mm. I was like, I just, that song moves me so much. And I went to sing it and I was like, oh, I haven't been there yet. I haven't lived it. Oh, I have not, like I can deliver what I think it feels like, Mm -hmm. but her delivery is like, you know, yeah. You know, she went through it and she didn't even write the song. That's the thing. Like she didn't write it. Jim Weatherly wrote, that song like Mm -hmm. she didn't she didn't even write it she just connected and she could choose the songs that she connected with the best Mm -hmm. and then deliver them in a way where you felt like it was her story like I mean she wrote that yeah and my first my first time seeing her in concert was February 2011 come on and like that I mean that wasn't that long ago no and I she walked on stage and I cried from the minute she walked on to the, the minute she walked off and then went backstage and cried in her face. I hear you. And um, I, I sat and talked with her and was just like, I don't, I've never seen someone where I was like, that's me. Like, that's how mm. I feel about every note and about every lyric. Like that, that I connected so well with her. Right. And she said, okay, if you connect with me, then I want you to connect with Jim Weatherly. And he was there that night and she introduced (gasps) us and she was like, I need y'all to work together. (gasps) She was like, you ask me any question you have about the business. You ask him any question you have about a song. We will work together because if you're connecting like this, let me help. 
And it it might have been one of the kindest things anyone's ever yeah. done for me. But she set me up with Jim Weatherly and he called me about a month later and was like, mm. okay, let's work together. Come in the studio with me. I want to do a ballad version of Midnight Train to Georgia because that's how I wrote it in the first place. Wow. And I just want to sit and talk to you about music and everything. So I went in to Jim's studio and my first question was, when you wrote Neither One of Us? <laughs> Get all the information. Get it all. Get every last drop of information you can. Like, what did you mean by, like, had you, had you gone through it? And he said, I had, he was like, I had dabbled. Mm. Like I had dabbled in the feeling and I was able to put words to it. But he said, but when Miss Gladys got a hold of that song, yeah, I was like, oh, this is what this song is about. This is, this is what I wrote about. He was like, it was one of those performances where I, I didn't even know what I wrote about till she sang it. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Okay. So yeah. maybe that that kind of connection meant the world to me. And to for her to even set that up. Because, yeah. you know, he wrote Neither One of Us. He wrote You're the Best Thing. And he wrote Midnight Train. That is a golden pen right there. Can, can I tell you that, that it was originally called Midnight Plane to Houston? <laughs> I didn't know that. Sissy Houston was the first artist to record it. What? And she was like, oh, Jim, like, we're not, I'm not taking a plane to Houston right now. I might take a train to Georgia, but I'm not taking a plane to Houston. What? And he was like, I'll change it. <laughs> so when I, when I sang the ballad version with him, mm. I heard the lyrics and it made me wonder, like, what made Miss Gladys put pips on this and make it almost sound happy? Right. Because right. it's like, woo, woo. And when you listen to those lyrics, you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is heartbreaking. Yeah. And so I asked her and she's like, girl, I get through heartbreak fast. <laughs> Teachers, mother. She was like, I got to <laughs> go. Us. I got to go. <laughs> And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was that simple. It was that simple. She's, she's incredible. I want to talk about the movie soundtrack that she's done. Serious? I'm like, I'm giving like chills even thinking about it. She's a whole legend. A whole <laughs> living legend. She's a whole living legend from License to Kill to the entire soundtrack of Claudine. A beautiful record. You're just know like how she got into the movies do you know what I'm saying I need that that needs to be my next 
Yeah. Question. Because she's perfect for it. Obviously, she mm-hmm. she sings a movie for you. But I want to know how. It's like the ability to deliver that we've been talking about. It it completely crushes the notion where people say, well, if the person doesn't write the songs, you know, that it's not as authentic. I remember having this conversation with somebody one day. It's so dumb. I'm not gonna say who it was, but it's so dumb. <laughs> Because, you know, I get on my high horse when it comes to, you know, music and not just music, but just artistry and people's right to have their own artistry. So it gets on my nerves when people get ridiculous about it, you know? Yes. And so we were talking about particular artists and and he said, well, I just feel like it just means more, you know, if you know that the person wrote it when they sing it. I said, okay, so would you Mm -hmm. rather hear Aretha Franklin sing, you make me feel like a natural woman? Ooh. Or would you rather hear <laughs> Carol King? Now, Carol King did what she had to do. She did it. But when you think of that song, who do you think of first? That's and Aretha. what vocal hits you in your soul? You gonna really, you gonna really have a problem with the fact that she didn't write that song? Listen, that's the thing. Some of my favorite artists did not write the majority of their music, yeah. if any. Whitney wasn't writing a lot of songs. She wasn't. She was singing the living daylights. Yeah. Out of what other people would write, but she wasn't writing a lot of songs. Mama Gladys, she was like, give me a song and let me show you what I'll do with it. And that's it. And that's all that's necessary. Barbara Streisand. Now, Barbara can write. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. She can write. But any song in her hands... She Mm -hmm. just takes it to another level. That's just, it's what she does. And to me, that's pure artistry also. It's both and, it's not either or. Exactly. At the end of the day. Like, it's just, if you don't write, that's okay. And this is, I'm saying this mostly because I can't stand writing, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I need it to be okay. Right. I, um, when we were talking about Claudine, her her delivery of The Makings of You by Curtis Mayfield a great big expression With a dozen roses <laughs> Such what a down to The joy of children laughing can't see this but we're just sitting here both looking at the ground <laughs> like trying to come up with words <laughs> i'm really trying here uh, just looking at the ground like because what she had did what had happened was what had happened was it was a control it was it was a mastery over a voice it was like a it was it was a very calculated assassination. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite description of any 
vocal performance I've ever <laughs> You you never you know how people sing and people say take your time you never you're never going to say take your time to Gladys Cause she's gonna do exactly what needs to be done. Every time. Every time. You just need to sit there and listen to what she's doing. And that is absolutely one of those songs. Just let it happen to you. Just let it happen to you. Oh, that song is incredible. I can't do, have you heard, I feel a song in my heart? No, what's that on? version of I Feel a Song, I, I liked. Mm-hmm. I did really like it. But her newer version came out right before the finale of Idol My Season. So I, um, wow. in 2007, so I believe it came out in 2006. And she came to the show and we were, we were singing with her, which I will never get over. And one of the, it was like a medley. And one of the songs was I Feel a Song in My Heart. And we rehearsed our background parts and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm basically a pip in this moment and my <laughs> life is complete. We get to rehearsal and she comes in and I'm already on the edge. And Idol has figured out that Melinda should not meet her mentors and the people that she looks up to because I don't handle that well. So they had prepped me. They were like, you're going to meet Gladys Knight. Get your mm. words together. Like they had prepped me. Mm. So I had, I had what I was going to say right, and everything. And I was very kind and just said, you know, thank you for everything that you do. You're such an inspiration. You're so wonderful. Yeah. And thank you for taking the time to sing with us. And she's like, my pleasure, sweetheart. And then that song started and we started singing our background parts and she embodied the lead vocal Mm -hmm. in a way that I've never, I've just, I've never seen that happen in person before. (laughs) And I've never felt what that feels like up close. Mm -hmm. I fell to my knees in tears. (laughs) Felt, I'm the, I, you know, we know I'm dramatic. We know that already, but I fell to my knees in tears. You feel your feelings out loud. I could not handle it. I. The vocal on that song, and it, it's that way on the record. Like when you listen to yeah. it, by the time you get to the end. I feel a song in my head.
she's like, I need a man who can put it all together. And she just put it all together. I mean, it's just, it, mm -hmm. there's something that comes like from your toes and comes out. So I'm on my knees in tears. And she leans down and she said, honey, what's wrong? Oh. And I looked at her with tears in my eyes and mm -hmm. I was like, do you know who you are? <laughs> And this and this is her singing on a regular Tuesday. This is just rehearsal. That's rehearsal. this the first rehearsal. We haven't performed. We we literally it was just with the piano. We were just learning. This just this wasn't like even with the full band. <laughs> this was rehearsal. And she looked at me and she sat down right next to me and she said, "Well, honey, thank you for caring." Yes. And literally, like, that's just the kind of human she is. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of person she is. And from that moment on, I studied every move she made. Like, yeah. I just did every time she sang a song. And I feel a song became like my, it's my favorite, gladdest song of all time now. It holds the meet, our first time meeting. It holds how to embody a song, it holds um, her mentorship, it holds everything. Yeah, because every song that you hear her sing, let's say you just pick up a, because they have so many albums. So let's just say you're like, so I'm gonna study. Many. So you're like, I'm just gonna study this album. Mm -hmm. Nothing is lost because every, every album, every song is a lesson. You get to hear what she's, what she's saying in this song, how she's delivering it. She's always made very good choices, I feel, in the songs that she selects to do. And She's I, a master class from start to finish. From start to finish. And I think that's that's the difference. Like, she's yeah. got an album of standards. Yeah. <laughs> and literally j just her choices of what songs to do. Like, she's just lived it. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that because she's lived it, she lives within, like her delivery of it. Yeah. So like every song is stellar. Mm -hmm. Like half the time I'm like, I don't want to hear anybody else sing it because Ella sang it. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want it, Sarah Vaughn sang that. I don't want to hear anybody else. But if Miss Gladys would like to, oh, yes. take your time. Do nothing till you hear from me. Pay no attention to what's said. Why people tear the seams of anyone's dream is over my head. Do nothing till you hear from me. I want to talk about um, Gladys on television, Gladys Knight on television, because she's quite the actress. She's an actress. But of course she is, right. She acts through every song she does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like she just does. And my my issue with acting is like, if you give me a song, I will act it out all right. day long. But if you just give me words, I panic because mm. I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't I don't know how to show you that emotion. I don't know how. And some kind of way, she's figured out. That it's the same thing. I don't yeah. know why my my brain won't do it, but hers. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it just has not 
gotten to that level yet. Like how she was talking to you about the difference between the book and the movie. Yes. You see? So because you've done some voiceover work, right? You've done. Yeah. I've done acting. I And when I can, once I get there, <laughs> we're all right. But it takes a minute for me to, it takes a lot of minutes for me to get there. And she seems to just be able to just relax in it and just be. Like, it doesn't look like she's acting. It just looks like she's delivering every time. But I think that also goes back to what we were talking about as far as choices. You know what I mean? The, the roles True. that she chooses. Picnics in the park, kids in the car, Sunday's family day, get away. We're family, togetherness, and it's so good to know that we still count on us She did uh, Charlie and Company, which was her show. She's been on Empire. She's yes. been on Living Single. She was on the Jamie Foxx show. You know, a lot of the shows that she picks or the, the characters that she picks, they, they make sense. They make sense. She did make Star. Sense. Yes. She, they make all the sense in the world. They make so sense. Yeah. That, you're, thank you for teaching me in this moment. <laughs> my, my choices would choices. help. Choices. And she, I mean, I think... In the same way that what I like about her acting and what I've seen her do, the same way that Pay LaBelle, I forget, I forget that Pay LaBelle plays Dwayne Wayne's mom on Different World because that right. is Mrs. Wayne. That's not even Pay LaBelle. That's Mrs. Wayne. It's per and she's perfect. Perfect. I always, I, I, I always. When I see it, I'm just, that's Mrs. Wayne. I don't see that as that's Paola LaBelle acting. Right. She acts so well in that. Why would you bring up Patty LaBelle right now? Well, let's, wait, let's talk about Paola LaBelle because Paola LaBelle, Dionne Warwick, and Gladys Knight, Sisters in the Name of Love in the 80s. Have you ever seen that? Have I? I just have to ask you because we're on a show and I'm interviewing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I think that a song should be something more than a beautiful melody to tell the story of truth and reality. I think that a song should be sung. This is in the name of love for those of you that don't know. It was an HBO special in the 80s. And my brother and I, we, we recorded that on VHS. VHS. On the VCR. We watched that thing. It went like this. I'm not even kidding. It was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I love that movie. Yes. The Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm, I can't do puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sisters in the Name of Love. And that 
Listen, if y'all have never seen it, get V to YouTube immediately, any way you can. This is something that you absolutely want to see because to see these three legends, legends, the masterclass of being able to have these three very distinct vocalists. Very different. Very different in demeanor and performance Mm -hmm. and each one of them shines in this, but I want to particularly talk about Gladys because she does a cover of another artist that I know that you love very well, Gloria Gaynor. how you did me wrong but I grew strong (laughs) I learned how to get along listen it's um I you there was I can't even talk anymore. I just okay okay listen you you talk about like what is the song that defines an artist mm-hmm. Gladys Knight's version of I Will Survive I would anytime I'm introducing somebody to Gladys Knight's music that's what I start with I know that she's got hit songs. I know she has Midnight Train and Neither One of Us and You're the Best Thing. I know know that she's got huge songs. But to take a song like I Will Survive, like a disco hit, and to slow it down and make you feel every single lyric and to couple it with Free Again... I think I the mastery. Oh no, not I. I will survive for as long as I know how to love. I know I'll stay alive. I've got all my life to live. I've got all my love to give, and I'll survive. I will survive. I will survive. I've never heard anything like that. It is hands down my favorite performance that has ever happened. I've watched that performance hundreds of times. We end our shows with that version because it is, it was life changing for me to hear it like that. Yeah. 
because of her her thought process in slowing it down and really making people hear what the song was about yes. and delivering it, it makes me deliver it in a different way. And you see how it touches people from the get-go. Mm-hmm. How you see people realize, oh no, I can get through this. I will right. survive this. Like, I, I mean, I, I really will. It is the most empowering version of a song I've ever heard in my entire life. It is, I'm sorry, that's just, you can't, you don't need to end this podcast here, but you could end it here. And <laughs> I'd be like, that's all you need to know. It's incredible. It's an incredible version. And to be able to hear her sing it live on that special. With the with the strings? Yes. She also, the three of them together also perform a song that I wish she would cover for real, for real. Because selfishly, it's one of my top five favorite songs of all time. And it is I Only Have Eyes for You by the Flamingos. It's such a good song. And the bottom that her voice has. Now see, this was when you was in the basement, in the dark. My love must be a kind of blind man. I can't see anyone. comes up with that higher over that she sings over it I wish that was a separate recording because I even the part where she says get that hump in your back oh get that hump in your back so much. Even that part, I love to hear them together with that being one of my favorite songs of all time that was such a joy to hear them sing. This is why I will forever be indebted to verses during this mm-hmm. here pandemic. Because to see Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle, and Dion Warwick now still supporting, still working together, still like just... I, that's to me what legends are made of. Yeah, That's what true music does is it makes like a space for everyone. Yes. Nobody's competing because there's there's space for you all. Mm-hmm. They all occupy their own space and that can come together and make beautiful harmony. Mm-hmm. But they can occupy their own spaces and be confident in that. Yeah. It's just, there's there's a beauty to that that I feel like we don't always have these days. Mm. And I, I think that they set the most beautiful example of it on what I will call my Super Bowl on Versus. Yes. Now I have, I have a confession. I didn't, I didn't see all of Versus. What do you mean? I didn't, I didn't really see Versus. Now. What do you, what, no, I don't okay. understand what you're saying. Okay. So see, this is, this is really what happened. That helped me. I couldn't, for some reason, I forget what's going on. I couldn't see what it was happening. So I, I intended sure. to watch it later. Okay. Yeah. And then I was going to watch it with my mom. Side mm-hmm. note. 
my 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 dearly departed father had a crush on two women, Anita Baker, who he called the Bake, the Bake, yes, and Gladys Knight. Okay. Now you've seen my mother. Yes. Oh. He had. He clearly has a type. Because. Oh my, <laughs> oh my, my gosh. Mo- and my mom can sing. Yes, she can. Is that not hilarious? When you see it, is that not hilarious? Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? To the point where he'd say, you know, if it wasn't for your mama, me and Gladys would be together. (laughs) So it's really mom that's been holding you and Gladys back from being together. So then was it hard to watch? You know what? It wasn't, but this is, this is actually the confession that I have. Okay. Because my mom's not going to pull it up if I don't, you know, if I don't say, hey, this is how you find it on YouTube or watch it. The Mm -hmm. reason why I haven't really seen it is because I did myself a disservice of looking up the song list. And you know how I am about sequencing and placement and what songs I think should go. Oh. And when I found out that there was no love overboard, I I was like, you know what? Because to me, Love Overboard should have been placed right across from Feels Like Another One. just let you know okay this particular verses neither one of them knew really what verses was patty Patty had like a little more of an idea of what it was because someone younger had explained it to her Mm -hmm. but when i tell you that mama gladys had no clue what she signed up for she brought tracks she was there to sing her songs live. <laughs> she she brought tracks, not not masters tracks. So it it took her a few rounds to realize. Yeah. Cause then, of course, Patty's like, "Oh, you gonna you gonna sing?" So then Patty's singing on top of her master. <laughs> Because I was, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so Uh glad you said that. Because to me, I was so perturbed that people were sleeping on Gladys's catalog. You know, because there were a couple of people that were like, oh, Patty, Patty. I was like, no, no, no. I love Patty too. But what you're not going to do is act like Gladys has all ballads. That Gladys is all Gladys Knight and the Pips. Gladys is all covers. Like we're not going to do that. So of course, in my mind, I had already set up her weaponry of what I felt Correct. <laughs> needed to go against. Let me just tell you, she handled business. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch it based on what you said. Because when I saw that there was no love overboard after that iconic scene in um, A Different feel- World with Jaleesa and Whitley, when she was on there. 
It's been a minute, so I can't recall, but I feel like there's a little bit of love overboard. I'll I'll look into it. Now that we're talking about this, I will watch it. Cause I was like, how are you not gonna put Love Overboard versus yeah. feels like it, another one? They did not know they were doing versus. They just honestly thought they were just going back and forth playing songs for each other. <laughs> and Mama Gladys thought she was doing a concert. So like they I they they didn't understand what verses was. And that was part of what made it so beautiful yeah. is that there was zero ballot or battle. There was zero battle. Yeah. It was just straight up like, Oh, I love that song. And so then if Patty would be singing something, Gladys would come in on the harmony. Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to mm-hmm. watch this while I'm cooking. Cause you know, I love music. So while I'm cooking. You do. Cause you're weird. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. There was a time I remember being as a kid, it was difficult for me growing up on Motown to be able to piece together that the same people that sang these songs that I grew up with my dad singing were now in the eighties. So like when Marvin Gaye did sexual healing, I was like, that's not the same man. (laughs) I didn't understand that that was the same man that sang Heard It Through the Grapevine. I didn't. This was a new person. So it was like, no, that's the same. I, for some reason, stuff did not. Smokey Robinson, who sang Tracks of My Tears, was not the same Smokey Robinson that sang Being With You. For some reason, it was not. I can't. It took me a while for it to be like, no, these people are still alive and still singing. Mm-hmm. And these are the same people. Gladys Knight, I didn't really have that issue with because my dad was still continuing to buy these (laughs) albums. So it was was just continuous for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I saw, you know, how the hair went from this, this to, you know, a feathered dude to now it's just Gladys on the front. Like I had like a, you know, he continued to buy. I just loved how they transitioned into the 80s, particularly with Save the Overtime. one of my favorite things about those artists especially her they were in it for the marathon not the sprint yeah like from the get-go yeah right now it's so common to just be in it for the sprint like mm-hmm. to get to the top real quick and then whatever happens however long you can stay there that's cute yeah these artists weren't about that talk about reinventing yourself i mean over and over and over again. Like, it's exhausting. I don't know how they did <laughs> For decades. For decades. Decades. Because right now, if you got about five years in the game, I good mean, job. Good job. Congratulations. You got 10 years in the game, praise God. But like, for her to be able, for them, to be able to transition the way that they did into the 80s was magnificent. And I love Questlove, who, you know, is my patron saint of creativity. I love yes, so much. Yes, of course. Um, Questlove brought up a really good point about the video for Save the Overtime, where it was the first time that we saw breakdancing in a video. Was it? In like an R&B video. 
about that because I remember, I remember Chaka Khan's I Feel For You came mm-hmm. out and I remember breakdancing, I remember the breakers in there because they were the same breakers that were in Breaking, you know, I love those movies. Yes. But I thought about that and I was like, that was a big deal to have these Motown artists, these older artists and have a music video, older artists having a music video. Right. That had street dancers, that had breakdancing in it. That was a moment. That's pretty spectacular. That's huge. Yeah. My last, my most recent message to her was just a few years ago when I was like, how are you still releasing songs <laughs> and videos? Like, how is and it? And videos. How are you still doing this? And she was like, it's what I love. I can't mm-hmm. help it. I'm never going to stop. I admire that so much. I'm like, I don't know if I have that. Like, I don't know if I have what you have. There's a beauty and a strength in that that has blown me away probably more than anything. Yeah. Is the ability, like, it's been, how many decades are we at now? 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. We're we're in the 2020s. The cadence and save the overtime I know I'm saying those words wrong. I know I'm saying those words wrong. I'm positive. Because the part when I was a little kid and she says, um, uh-huh. counting every second down, what is it? She says, hoping to see only you. The way she says it. I don't know the ridiculous. words. It's, it's, it's a very, I don't know the words. It is a very difficult vocal. I know that much. As someone who does oh. not sing, I know. It's on par. What she does in Save the Overtime is very much on par with Luther Vandross and Never Too Much. Because here's the deal, though. It it sounds doable. They make it sound like anybody mm-hmm. could do this. And then you try. Yeah. Because for me, like when I hear her do a vocal, I feel like, let me try that. Cause she just made it seem like it just mm-hmm. came out, and then I try, and I'm like, "Oh, that's hard." That, like, I, I know that I know the way she sings that is not easy. It's not, no. And it that was that's one of the songs where like her range is also deceptive because you feel <laughs> like I'm like I was com- I was connecting with you as an alto, but you have notes that altos don't have and the control in that song that's why i say it's so on par with what luther did and never too much because they're both darn near rapping i it's disrespectful (laughs) i am going to ask you with probably which i do not doubt is a very difficult question okay but do you have three favorite Gladys Knight songs? Three favorite. Hmm. Three of your most favorite. I mean, definitely, I feel a song. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you your favorite, because I just, I feel like that's unfair sometimes to do to people, unless you have a favorite. No, I feel a song is my favorite. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to give you that, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to add in Bougie Bougie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say Midnight Train. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you can not, like, it encompasses everything I love about music. You know, I started off as a mm-hmm. background singer, too. So those pips, like, we can't sleep on the pips. 
it truly was Gladys Knight and the Pips. Like mm-hmm. songs like Midnight Train to Georgia, you remember the Pips parts mm-hmm. like more than you even remember hers. Yeah. Like, you know that she's like L.A. Like, you know she going to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. But your favorite, you're just waiting to say too much for the moment. Oh, yeah. Good. Like, you're Thank waiting. <laughs> yes. You're waiting. A superstar, but he didn't get fired. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So that song for me, like, coming from years of being a background vocalist mm-hmm. and then going into an artist, that song basically encompasses my career. <laughs> It's just, it just, it's, it's perfect to me. Well, let's talk about that because you have one of my favorite stories when it comes to someone's career, because you started off people, a lot of people do know that you started off as a backup singer, Mm -hmm. but even before that, Mm -hmm. something that you talk about in your book, you actually could not sing. No, listen, um, I just loved music. I yeah. loved everything about music, but I auditioned for a choir and the choir director was like, sing the note that I'm playing. And I was like, okay. And I sang it. And he was like, no, 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 honey, the note I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm singing it. And he was like, so you can't tell you're nowhere near the note that I'm playing. <laughs> so he tried a bunch of notes and I never got anywhere close. How old were you? I was 12. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm older at this yeah. point, you know, like definitely past the part of where people are like, I started singing when I was four. Yeah. Like we uh, were in the junior choir, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I was auditioning for. Wow. And he said, you have so much charisma that I'm going to put you in this choir and I, you can do like they had, they had white gloves and they had choreography and he was like, you can do all the choreography. And you, I want you to smile real big and move your mouth, but just don't let sound come out. <gasps> and so I lip synced for years, for like two, three years. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I lived my best life lip syncing because I was still in the <laughs> choir. I was still part of making music. And it wasn't until mom and I were shopping in this shoe store and Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All came on Mm -hmm. and people stopped shopping to like hear her sing. And I was like, what must it be like to have a voice so powerful that people stop to hear what you have to say? Mm. And so I went to my mom and I was like, I think I think I want to sing. Like I want to sing out loud. I think I want like a powerful voice that makes people stop and listen to what I have to say. And she was like, oh, baby, you're going to have to pray hard. And I do love my mom's honesty because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she will not blindly support you. She is not one of those mothers. I love it. So she was like, we're going to, you know, let's pray. We don't have money for lessons. So you practice because faith without works is dead. <laughs> <laughs> So I practiced and I prayed and uh, my youth group was having a talent show and I signed up for it. And my youth pastor came up to me and he was like, honey, you can't lip sync. Like you, this is, you'd have to sing for real. And I was like, I know I've been praying. And he was like, well, let's see what God does. And practice it. Oh, because... And I honestly, like, I just think God had mercy on a little girl 
and was like, this is something that you want so badly. Wow. And let me, let me help open up this ear. Cause, <laughs> cause There's literally, yeah. I don't even remember opening my mouth to sing for that talent show. I just remember closing my eyes and the song starting and mm. I sang nothing but the blood of Jesus. And when it was over, I opened my eyes and people were standing up and clapping and my mom was in the back what? crying. And I was like, did he do it? <laughs> did he? And I literally, from that moment on, could hear harmonies. Mm. Like everything opened up for me. And so I, I honestly, like I just counted a gift that this is what I get to do. Like it, yeah. it's it's an absolute gift and an honor. And um, I'm just, I'm uber grateful. And I can't believe like people pay me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't. I'm so grateful for it. One of my favorite things to me about your career has been the cabaret type shows. <sighs> my favorite I love that you're doing that and I can't wait for the world to open back up oh listen for you to do that and this is why because we're talking about Gladys in in the whole you know how she talked about you know the book versus the movie yeah this is what I've seen in cabaret type shows that you do it's very much like a one woman stage play because you're able to put yeah. the songs together that you want to put together, tell the stories in the songs that you want to tell. It's honestly so much fun for yeah. me because I want the audience to go on a journey. Yeah. And so number one, like I I choose the songs first. And the, I I learned this from a friend of mine uh, named Roz Thompson. Mm -hmm. uh, she's married to Chester Thompson, the mm -hmm. drummer extraordinaire. Yes. Um, and I remember right after Idol, I got hired for my first corporate gig and they asked me to sing every song I had sung on Idol. That was what the gig was. Mm. And I called her and I was like, how do I make those songs go together? Like it was Bon Jovi week and then country week. And then right. like, how do you, how do you do that? She told me that the best way to do that would be to take like the theme of the conference, which was, it was called the learning conference. And she's like, what's the theme and make your songs fit into each theme. Like all you have to do is take that learning conference theme, make each song fit into whatever that theme is mm. and tell a story in between the songs that makes it make sense. Yeah. And I had the most fun coming up with a storyline that made all of those different songs from different genres come together and make sense that by the end of the show, the audience had gone on this journey and we'd had a great time and they laughed in between songs. Mm -hmm. They cried on songs that they normally wouldn't cry on, but just because of the way I could tell a story in between, it hit them differently. Mm -hmm. And that opened up just a new door for me. And so yeah. ever since then, like every show I've done, I'm like, I want to tell a story. So right now, well, pre-COVID, we were touring right. the, great, the Great American Soul book, and it was all classic soul music. And mm -hmm. I was, I'm able to use the history of songs, my uh, meeting with Gladys Knight and Jim Weatherly, mm -hmm. and um, just kind of how that opened doors, um, singing with Percy Sledge. I still can't believe I got Ooh. to do that, but like just different 
different things in the soul genre I'm able Mm -hmm. to tell a story with and take the audience to a different place where they're hearing these songs that they've known for years, but they're fresh because of the story that was told. And it's, I actually love that process. I really, really do. So for those that don't know, Melinda was top three, top three in American Idol. How many years has it been since then? Girl, it's been 14 years. Can you tell us some of the things that you feel like you've learned since then? What are some lessons that you feel like you've learned since then? Like, let's say what maybe some things that you learned right after, yeah. what you learned after, after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's an after, after. <laughs> yes, there is. And then there's a now. And there's uh. a now. <laughs> what, are those, what are some of those things that you've learned? Well, one of the things that the show taught me was that there is a lane for everyone. Mm. There's an audience for everyone. Yeah. And because um, we all had people voting for us. All of us did. Right. And so it's okay to just hone in on your what who your audience is mm. and to go after that. Um, I think what I've learned in the process of being an artist, because it it was a not the smoothest transition to come from a background singer to an artist. Right. Uh I've found myself, I think, <laughs> in the process mm-hmm. because I was trying to be like what a label wanted me to be or what American Idol voters wanted me to be. Right. After seeing, you know, 12 minutes a week of me, they thought they knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And so they like to tell me who I was. Yeah. And I believed them for a minute until I was miserable. Mm. trying to keep up with who they thought I was. Right. And realizing like, I, you're never going to play me on pop radio. Like I, uh, I'm, I shouldn't do pop songs. I sound like an elephant walking on pop songs. Like I shouldn't do that. Like, and I know that about, and it's okay. And it's okay. Like learning to be okay with the fact that I wouldn't have the same trajectory as other artists, but I could, I can make my own lane. Mm-hmm. And walking it and being confident in that, uh, that's probably been the biggest lesson for me is just mm-hmm. being like, okay, this is what I have to offer. Who would like it? Yeah. And I'll go to them. It doesn't have to be everybody. Does that take I'll- a great amount of patience? Sure. It takes patience. More than that, it takes endurance. Like, because yeah. <laughs> you have to get through, like, it's a slow roll. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to be willing to continue and to keep plugging away and to keep going after it and to create that audience for mm-hmm. yourself. And um, things don't happen for me quickly. That's just not really how I roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not mm-hmm. how my career has rolled at all. But I get to do the marathon and not the sprint. So, yeah, I can't. I mean, the fact that I'm still doing this. 14 years later is huge. The fact that that this is still my living, that it was somehow barely my living during a pandemic, like Mm. the fact that something could keep going, that says a ton. I'm more than grateful for whatever lane that I've been able to find. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I love that. What is, is, I mean, like we're, we're talking during the pandemic, it's, yeah. it's International Women's Day, it's March, 2021. Oh my <laughs> God. Right. You got to think are now. We? Um, 
so is there anything that you're doing currently? How have you been able to pivot is, is my question. Like what's keeping you busy now? I do, I do corporate shows online. I have my own little mixer and mic and little setup, computer setup. And a lot of the corporations, because I've sung for corporations for years or spoken at Mm -hmm. corporations. So I can do that on Zoom easily. So I still speak for corporations. Um, I still sing. The other night I was singing at midnight because the show was in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And this week it'll be 10 a.m. because it'll be in Australia. You know, like... Mm -hmm. I think because people are learning to pivot, um, mm. there some doors are opening virtually that are really great. And the problem with me is that that means that I get to be home by my Christmas tree in my onesie all the time. And I literally take off the top half of my onesie, tie it around my waist and put on a nice shirt and do a concert. And so that being the case... I'm like, you have spoiled me. <laughs> and now y'all talking about going back out? Going back out? And I, you know, being a background oh, singer. Y'all might get a hologram of Melinda. Before the artist. I've been on the road for 23 years total. <laughs> like, mama's tired. Like, yeah. so this break came at a welcome time. I don't mm. like how it happened. Right, right. But I was recovering from the surgery, like lots of things yeah. were happening and it came at a welcome time. And so I am learning to find, find the good in these moments mm-hmm. and find what it's helping me to do and helping me recover and helping me just have some time. Yeah. I've, I haven't lived in my house. Like I am normally gone 80% of the time. So mm-hmm. I've been in this house for 13 years and, I'm like, oh, look, this room has this. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm finding things. Yes. I do want to side note, um, Melinda, you mentioned onesies. You guys can't see us because we're doing a podcast that you're listening to. Mm -hmm. Melinda and I are both in onesies. Yes. Melinda is a onesie connoisseur. I love experts, aficionado. And when I sent her the notes for this podcast, I said, the dress code is onesie. That literally is all I needed to hear. Like (laughs) I, I was excited to talk to you in the first place, but when you said dress code is onesie, I was like, and I will see you. I will see you soon. (laughs) You are speaking my language. You are my twin. Yes. Oh, let's talk about your podcast. Oh, I have that. You, have, you got a whole podcast. Yes. Something else that you're able to do. Yes. I at home. Yes. I do. Ha- I started a podcast called the Three Nice Things Podcast, which is mm-hmm. literally just finding the good in the middle of the crazy. And yeah. it's something my mom has done with me for years. Like anytime I wanted to say something bad about a situation or a person, mm-hmm. she made me come up with three nice things to say first. And if I couldn't come up with the three nice things, I couldn't say the bad thing. And you are very good at coming up with three nice things. Listen. Because I, I see the struggle when you do it sometimes. Be like, I work and, hard. You be like, and that he wore blue? I like blue. Like, it'll yes. be something. This, is, this has been my whole life. But it's, it's such a great thing because literally when something bad happens, mm-hmm. I immediately start searching for something good. 
Mm. Like it's my default is like, what is the good? Because I really want to be able to talk about the bad because I'm still shady. Like we know I'm shady. (laughs) So if that's the case, let Uh me find that good so I can get out the bad. Because if I didn't come up with three nice things, I never got to say the bad. Mm. So that's why like, (laughs) when you see me commenting on social media, on performances and things Mm -hmm. like that, I I immediately search for the good. Oh, yeah. Now, when it's social media, there's enough bad out there. I don't even cover yeah. the bad mostly. I'm just like, yeah. let's talk about the good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I work hard for it sometimes. Yeah. And that's so necessary right now. It could be, oh. it, social media can be a very toxic place sometimes. And even if you're Extremely. just innocently trying to look for information, you know, <laughs> and just filtering through things. I, I've even had to learn like, don't let that be the first thing you see in the morning. Cause sometimes like, I just want to see what's going on like news right. wise, but then I catch myself and I'm like, there's a lot of opinions that it are just depends. mean, you know? And so you do have to be careful and find the good things and maybe yeah. sometimes wait a while and just kind of separate yourself from it. But yeah, once you're on it, finding the, the three good things is a great practice. It was important to me to like, if I was going to put a podcast out there for it to be positive and (laughs) to add to the world. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's every other week. I'm not like, I, I'm not always known for my consistency. So it took me a minute (laughs) to start this. And even then sometimes I'm like, oh, I guess season one is over. (sighs) Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. And I love your podcast because it, it is so you. It is so very I, much Well, this, you. same for you. Like, Aww. I am, I'm so impressed with you on so many levels. Girl. You are like the queen of pivot, like the <laughs> queen. But you're also able to find what you're passionate about and and create a project out of that. Like, it is it is a beautiful thing to watch. Like I'm learning from you. Like I'm, li- I literally learn about music from you because <laughs> like, I don't do the deep dives that you do. I might do a deep dive into like Gladys, mm-hmm. but I won't do it into all music mm. all the time. And you teach me. So I'm Aww. grateful. Thank you, friend. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to end this with the question that I end every episode on. And that is this. Let's say that we have someone, a poor soul, who has never heard of Gladys Knight. Never heard of Gladys Knight and the Pips. Never seen a movie Gladys Knight has been in. Never heard Midnight Train to Georgia. Knows nothing about Gladys Knight. What are three songs that you would say you need to listen to these three songs to understand exactly who Gladys Knight is? What would those three songs be? It has to be Midnight Train. Mm -hmm. To me, it should be Love Overboard. Mm. And then I think it needs to be I Will Survive. Ooh. Because I think you need to be able to hear her interpret Mm. when you hear her interpret you understand who she is and yeah yeah oh that's good yeah melinda thank you so much for spending time with me today and talking about the empress of soul rock and roll hall of fame inductee along with the pips gladys knight thank you he's leaving 
from the moon A very special thank you to my good friend, singer, author, now podcaster, Melinda Doolittle. Thank you so much, Melinda. A very special thank you to my producer, Lynn Webb. This show is produced at the Bat Base in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Until next time, I'm your host, Toya Haynes.